And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. I'm Mickey Brennan, and I'm delighted to be joined by Martin O'Halloran, the PRO of the Mead County Board and also the PRO of Leinster Council. And we're also joined today by Jim Mullery, the Treasurer of Mead GAA. Jim, delighted to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be looking back. It's a bumper week special, I suppose, because we didn't get to do... Uh, a podcast last week so we're going to be looking over the Leinster Club Championship results we're going to be looking forward to the O'Byrne Cup and the Walsh Cup fixtures also uh, we might discuss the Leinster Championship uh, as well Mead and Longford in that one we'll be looking at uh, looking forward to the Kilmesson Ladies Camogie team um, playing in the All-Ireland Final again this weekend and uh, the Mead GAA County Board AGM and uh, we're going to be talking to Jim Mullery about the redevelopment of Park Tolch and what's happening there and then we'll just have a quick look back over something we've been doing over the last few weeks which was the um, Mead's greatest GA moments it's caused quite a stir I suppose on social media and um, uh, and, and we've had some great response to it so I suppose we'll, what we'll do is we'll look back at some of the Leinster um, results and two weeks well a week and a half ago Kiltail were taking on the boys from Ballyragget uh, that was Saturday a week ago in Park Tolchin and unfortunately for uh, the Mead side, Kiltail, they lost on a scoreline of 210 to two goals and 20, and uh, Ballyragget went on to the Leinster final. It was a disappointing day, I suppose, for, for, for Mead hurling, and that uh, they would have had high hopes going in against that Ballyragget team, uh, Martin. Yeah, they would have had, and over the last couple of weeks, we were saying how good uh, Kiltail were, and the performance winning four in a row suggested they actually were very good. On the day, it didn't quite work out for them. You know, the scoreline, I'm not sure the scoreline reflected their actual effort. They played quite well. The loss of Marco Sullivan through suspension, um, that was a big loss. Marco's a fine player, and it just didn't work out on the day. But having said that, Ballyragger are a quality side. Uh, they had been coming through the intermediate ranks and had lost a couple of finals um, in a row down in Kilkenny. So they had a lot of experience and a lot of quality. But... Uh, you know, slightly disappointing on the day, uh, Kiltail, but it was still a very good year and they're a fantastic team and they'll come back and win this competition eventually. Yeah, I suppose, uh, looking at the game itself, uh, it was the, it was a strong start that Ballyragget made to the game. Uh, Kiltail getting a couple of scores at the start, but then Ballyragget came in and notched in, I think it was 2-6 or 2-7, and, and that was probably the platform that set them up to win that game. Yeah, it was, and uh, Ballyragget, as you said, the set their all out early. You'd expect that from a team from Kilkenny. They want everyone on the back foot uh, very quickly and that's what they had to do. They came to Navan uh, trying to push Kiltail on the back foot and they succeeded in doing so. Yeah. And 
look, it's hard luck for Kiltail. It wasn't a, a great couple of weeks for Mead in Leinster competitions. And I suppose uh, the same day, Curraha were taking on uh, Ballybockle of Dublin. Um, that game was played in Ballybockle now. And Curraha had done their best to get that game taken out of Ballybockle. But Ballybockle won uh, in the end and got that game played in Ballybockle. Curraha, 15 points, Ballybockle, three goals and seven, and the old cliche coming to pass once again. We use it quite often on this show. It was goals win games, and, you know, it's 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 something, you know, I, I know a couple of the boys from Ballybockle. I know a couple of lads that are involved. They were missing a couple of players that day, and they weren't expecting to win that game. But I suppose home advantage... And when you can score three goals in, in Leinster Championship, that's definitely going to um, push you towards a winning line. Yeah, they probably had a little bit more experience of playing those type of games uh, than Curraha. Like Curraha have come a long way. We've, we've also said this a lot this year. You know, two years ago, three years ago, they were in trouble of being relegated from the junior. They got their act together, come back, won the junior championship, won the intermediate championship quite convincingly this year. So maybe the Leinster championship was just uh, one game too many. It's a game I felt they probably should have won. But you know what, they didn't. And they've had a great year and they'll be looking forward to the senior championship next year. Jim, I suppose, looking at it uh, from county board perspective, <coughs> disappointing year for, for Mead clubs in, in Leinster. Um, to a certain extent it has, yeah, inevitably. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, teams that have uh, actually got to semi-finals in Leinster club championships, I think that's encouraging in itself mm -hmm. if you compare that with recent years. So, um, you know, just go, reflecting on the uh, Curraha game, I mean, Curraha, I think, will be a team coming up into the senior ranks and I think that they will that they will that they will uh, bring uh, you know great enthusiasm into the senior championship next year and I think there could be a team that will actually settle into being a senior team and uh, I think the experience that they've gained this year in winning the intermediate championship here in in Mead and then having a number of games in Leinster I think will will stand to them in the future. You know? Yeah, I think they're a team that are definitely to be watched in senior ranks. They could cause a couple of upsets in 2018. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and interestingly enough, Ballybockle went on to play the Wexford champions uh, last weekend um, in, in the Leinster uh, intermediate final, and they lost by two points. But Ballybockle missed a penalty with the last kick of the game to win it by a point. I know that they've got a, I think he's a Latvian uh, basketball player, an ex-professional basketball player for playing full forward. And I know he caused havoc against Curraha. Um, so uh, they were very unlucky, Ballybockle, not to go on and win the Leinster. Look, last weekend, I'm absolutely delighted for the legendary great Matty Ford, who was playing for Killinaran last weekend. Who better to win a Leinster uh, club medal than him? His contribution to Gaelic football in Wexford and to Gaelic football in Leinster as a whole has been phenomenal over the years. And that really is the story of last weekend. And I'm delighted for Matty and his team. Yeah, Matty Ford, look, you know, nobody will ever take away from Matty Ford being one of the best Leinster footballers that we've seen in our generation anyway. Definitely, uh, he, was one, he was one hell of a footballer and well done to all the boys from uh, Killeran, is it? Killing Aaron. Killing Aaron, yeah. Uh, I suppose to bring it forward then to the weekend just gone by, um, uh, actually, we should probably speak to the Wexford man about killing Aaron, should we? <laughs> well, I, well I, I do want to uh, concur with, with, with Martin, and I'm delighted that uh, you know he singled out Maddie Ford uh, being a Wexford native. Of course, you may have a great affinity still to Wexford GAA, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. He was he was um, made a tremendous contribution to Wexford football um, in his career and uh, that was well recognised nationally as well and I think that 
probably if you look back at the as uh, which where Wexford dominated uh, in football in particular as against hurling uh, in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think Wexford really sh- were very unlucky not to win at least one Leinster final. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it would have been down to, yeah. uh, he, he, okay, they did have a great team, but you need an, a, a standout star and, 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 and Ford was the standout star of that Wexford team. Absolutely, yeah. He was, yeah. He was someone that was uh, a great leader on the field, uh, but equally uh, an outstanding uh, footballer. Did you try to ever get him a job up around Slane or anything? Uh, <laughs> no, actually, we're looking for a, a new manager in Slane currently, uh, although that decision may have been reached by, by now. But, uh, yeah, I suppose if he was available, why not? <laughs> I, ju- I just want to say about uh, Slane's uh, looking for a new management. I think the criteria uh, to apply for the job was quite difficult. So I wish you the best of luck getting a player for that. <laughs> getting a manager for that, yeah. <laughs> I think Sean Boylan was the only man who fitted the criteria that we're looking for. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe that's an announcement we'll get in the next few days. Yeah. So as Jim, uh, uh, Sean Boylan has taken over Slane. <laughs> Could well be. As well as to bring it forward then to last weekend, uh, the Leinster Senior uh, Football Championship semi-final between Simonstown and St. Lomans. Um, I suppose I'm going to try to be as unbiased as possible here and and and, uh, and talk about this game. Of course, my own Simon's turn taking on St. Lomans of Mullingar. Uh, St. Lomans, look, we all know, very, very good team. Six county men on the team. Um, the likes of John Heslin, um, Shari in the midfield. They've got Casey and Dempsey in in the corner forward positions. And, you know, um, well, I suppose um, uh, John Heslin plays at number 14 but moves out the pitch and whatever. A really good side. Simonson race into a 1-4 to no score lead after 17 minutes, maybe 20 minutes gone before um, uh, the Westmead side get their first score. But me, I feel it was a game that was there for Simonson to win. Um, and, you know, it, it just didn't go our way on the day. As it was the rub of the green, if I'm going to be polite about it, went with the Westmead side, lads. Yeah. And look, as you said, after 15 minutes, you were 1-4, playing very, very well. Uh, you know, beginning to knock the football out of the head of St. Lomans, really, to use that phrase, you seem to be in control. Um, you know, dis- despite that, though, they had chances uh, as well, St. Lomans, before that, and it was uh, a good save by Robbie Burlingham and uh, a couple of uh, interceptions stopped him scoring. But, look, the reality was, uh, the last 10 minutes of the first half, uh, Simonstown lost the momentum, and uh, going in at half-time, the three points lead, I think the momentum was clearly with, with, a, with a slight wind, uh, was with St. Lomans. They come out for the first 20 minutes of the second half, and they actually were the better team to play, the better football. Uh, Simonstown got back into it then, but uh, I think the momentum had gone St. Lomans' way, marginally. Yeah, um I agree on, on, on a lot of counts um, on that. Look, I'm not going to take away from St. Lomans. I think they're a fantastic team. They really are. They're um, well-travelled. They've, they've got a lot of history. Um, I felt myself that uh, any rub of the green, any refereeing decisions that did go, went the St. Lomans way, um, which was disappointing. I thought that when we were 1-4 up, that maybe the referee had kind of looked at making a game of it or something. You know, he gave them a lot of soft frees and... One thing, one thing, a stat that stands out for me is that they scored six points from frees and Simonson only got one point from a free, showing that Simonson, we've got some great free takers that we only got one scorable free really in the game. So, look, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Jim, maybe. 
<laughs> you know, certainly, you know, in the, you know, by the 28th minute, it looked as if this was going to be a game which, which Simonstown had taken control of and that they were going to go on, uh, you know, and had the capacity to, to actually go ahead and, and win this. Um, I suppose uh, coming away from the game, having watched it from the stand, you would sort of, I think it was, one was, it was difficult to be able to, I suppose, put one's finger on actually what happened to uh, Simonstown. Yeah. I, think, I think maybe Simonstown team themselves are probably still sort of saying, God, you know, uh, what happened to us. Yeah, and I'd agree on that point. And, and we'll say, for instance, uh, in any game, if we'll say decisions start going against you mm. or whatever, mm. you need to be able to adapt. And I think that that's probably where we lacked is that when decisions seem to be going against us and, and, and I don't mean I, I mean if the rub of the green was going with, with yeah. the St. Lomas team we yeah. needed to adapt to that and say right well we need to do something else to maybe uh, stop that from happening yeah. now look yeah. as I said you can't take away from St. Lomas they dominated in the yeah. second half midfield you know we stopped them from catching ball they picked up every breaking ball and, yeah. and, and the bounce of the ball would come off a Simonstone player and it would go straight into well, a yeah. St. Lomans hands and stuff so look it wasn't to be Simonstone's day um, we've had a fantastic year we've gone somewhere where no Simonson team has ever gone before and this this is a quite a young team bar myself and Seamus Kenny I suppose um, and I I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> and I and I think and that this Kenny. I think that that Simonson team will come back yeah. you know and they will have opportunities to win Keegan Cups again and they will have opportunities to go further in Leinster and I think that the yeah. experience will stand to them I think so too yeah I think that they are a team that certainly if you're looking at you know heading into the month of December and looking into uh, 2018, you would certainly say they're a team that are well capable uh, of, uh, you know, adding uh, a third Keegan Cup in a row to them uh, next year. And, uh, you know, the point you made as well is that, you know, you know getting games in Leinster Club Championships uh, is, uh, helps the experience as well. And, uh, you know, one would hope that possibly, you know, if they were to be the Mead Champions again next year, that they would carry that experience again this year and be a strong contender uh, for um, Leinster Club Championship success. And I think everybody in Mead is hoping that that will happen sooner rather yeah, than Yeah, and, 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 and if it's not Simon's turn, be it another club, everybody yeah. wants to see a club in Mead getting that bit of success and hopefully the county team getting a bit of success in Leinster as well. But, Absolutely. you know, there's, there's, also, there's always Dublin yeah. in your way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but this, like, you have, you have the Leinster Club final next weekend. Uh, that football final is in Port Leach on Sunday week. And you have two uh, great traditional teams and uh, it makes for a hell of a game. Uh, I'm sure uh, Moorsfield will be looking forward to their chance and I'm sure also uh, the lads in St. Lomans, Mullingar, they will be taking this opportunity. Uh, so it has the makings of a very good final. Yeah. It might have the makings of a very good final, but I can tell you one thing, I won't be watching it, Martin. Thanks for rubbing the salt in the wind there. No, no. <laughs> We'll move on, and and what we're going to do is we're going to move on. There's only I think there's only one team from Mead left uh, in any of the club All Ireland Championships, and that is of course the Kilmessen Ladies Camogie team. And what a wonderful year they are having! Uh, A last gap, a last gasp goal, last minute gasp goal, or whatever that saying is, a last gasp goal, is it? Um, I know you get confused. But yeah, I'm still. You're hurting. Ball, yeah. It's just when you're hurting me uh, talking about uh, the, the Leinster club final. Mm. But anyway.
anyway, the Kilmessen ladies with a goal in, in the final stages of the game by Aileen Donnelly, um, uh, bringing that to a replay. The replay is next Sunday. Uh, it's uh, in Tipperary and it's against... Um, Clan Morris of, of Kerry um, but what a, what a year for the Kilmessen ladies and I suppose we go to the hurler for this one so we would Well Jim being from a good hurling background in Wexford uh, he probably want to talk about that and let me say uh, Jim also played uh, hurling for Kilmessen has a junior hurling medal with them was it 40 years ago Jim? Yeah, you reminded me of that, actually. I didn't <laughs> think it was that far back, but however. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's, it's, it's good for that. But look, what can we say about Kilmessen? What can we say about Mead Camogie? It's been a special year for them. They've done an awful lot of work. You know, it's, it's a long year for an awful lot of those girls. And... Uh, Everyone in County Meath supports them and we wish them well on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I know that they, um, a lot of their games were the same time, the same days as the Simonstown games and they used to meet up with all the, uh, the Simonstown lads that night in, in town. So we'll be wishing them well in uh, their All-Ireland final against the Kerry champions. Uh, to move it on then, I suppose we bring it forward. Like, lads, we're, we're, we're nearly in December and... Uh, the O'Byrne kicks off. The O'Byrne Cup kicks off in December, so I suppose we better have a quick look at the Mead fixtures. Mead are in a group with uh, Wicklow and Carlow. Um, Mead's first game is against Carlow, and that's on the third of the first. Uh, Mead not playing in December. Um, Carlow and Wicklow playing their first game in, in in December. The second game we'll see Mead play Carlow. That's on the third, as I said, of January. Um, it's in a Carlow venue, and it's going to be at 8 p.m. And the second game we'll see Mead taking on Wicklow, and that's on the. 7th of the 1st in a Mead venue uh, at 2pm. So the venue is to be decided. But lads, I suppose if you were looking at uh, the O'Byrne Cup and you were looking at groups to be in, that's not a bad group for Mead to be in, Jim. No, not at all. No, looking at, you know, looking at Leinster football overall, then certainly, you know, you would certainly have Mead well ahead of uh, Wicklow and Carlow. And no disrespect to either of those counties, but, yeah. you know, in the, in, in the scheme of things. Yeah, if you look uh, at league standings or something like that. Absolutely, yeah. and, you know, the, 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 um, so the expectation would be that hopefully that Mead will advance from that particular grouping and, uh, you know, get off to a good start. Yeah, it's something that we need, you know, is, is to get off to a good start and hopefully get the ball rolling for 2018, especially, you know, uh, the fact that uh, Andy McEntee, is go he's, he's lost a good few players, but he's bringing in a lot of new blood as well. So this is a good chance, uh, Martin, for Andy McEntee to see what kind of a panel he has this year. Yeah, but look, the Bourne Cup competitions are very important. They're important for uh, both the Leinster Council from in terms of the money that's raised in these particular accident tournaments goes to the players' injury funds. And it's very important that the public actually know that. You know, I do hear people saying, oh, paying a tenner into uh, games in January. The reality is it's, a, it's an important uh, source of revenue for the players' injuries fund, and that's why they're known as the Bordemona Accident Games. But coming back to uh, what you're actually saying uh, in terms of uh, getting your squad ready and the whole lot prepared for the National League. That's what this is all about. The exact same for all teams involved. And uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, training is well on now. The, the panels are be all been set up. So 
uh, games is the best way to see what you have and get the public behind you starting off in 2018. Yeah, and hopefully all the Mead supporters, the guys who listen to this podcast, will get out and they'll watch these uh, uh, O'Byrne Cup games and, and, and see what we're up for, uh, what we have ahead of us in uh, in 2018. See what players are going to make that squad and, and, and see if we've unearthed any uh, new superstars. I know that there's a couple of lads in from Simonson. I won't mention any names just yet because I know the panel hasn't been finalised with everybody who was playing in Leinster Club uh, Championship over the last number of weeks. I suppose then to bring it on to the hurling front uh, in the Bordenamona Walsh Cup for 2018 Mead are in Group 3 with Dublin Antrim and uh, Dublin and Antrim uh, Mead will take on Antrim on the 30th of the 12th um, 30th of December and that's in Abbottstown it's a home venue for Mead in Abbottstown and uh, then Mead will take on Dublin on the 3rd of the 1st uh, 2018 and that's going to be at a Mead venue to be confirmed so uh, Jim looking at that um, you know Antrim we played them in the, uh, the in the in the famous Christie Ring final yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, then we're up against a, a really really good team in Dublin as well so uh, good tough test for Mead in that Walsh Cup um, absolutely, yeah, and I think that's probably going to, uh, you, you know what I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be an experience for, for the Mead team and, and uh, playing against the likes of uh, Dublin uh, and, uh, you know, it, hopefully games like that will stand to them when they get into the, when, when they get into the National League proper and indeed in, in later on in the year in the Leinster Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, you I mean, I suppose meeting Dublin in the early stages of uh, the Walsh Cup is... Uh, it's going to be uh, a big test for them, but I think. They're, and of course, Dublin have a new manager, and there's talk that uh, <coughs> a certain uh, um, player from Dublin, a dual star down through the years, is being coaxed towards the hurling team this year. Of course, yeah. Dermot Connolly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> has anybody heard any anything on that? Is there any truth in the rumour, Jim? Well, uh, yeah, you mean, I mean that is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there's one fact that uh, Dermot Connolly is a very fine hurler, yeah. and I think that. Okay, you know, there's the dual status, of course, that issue. Uh, and I suppose over recent years, he's been a, you have to say it too, he's been a hugely successful footballer. Uh, when he was he, playing. When he was playing, <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, going back to that, the point in relation to, uh, I think Dermot Connolly would command uh, a place on any first 15 hurling county in Ireland. Yeah, and like, it's not really about Dublin. The, the reality is, is the World Cup is very important for us this year because we're in three competitions next year and it's amazing we're going to be playing similar teams um, in all three competitions. So Nick Fitzgerald is the new Hurling uh, manager uh, for 2018. He's getting together his panel. I've heard about new players in some half and I just want to give a mention uh, to one of our greatest ever hurlers, uh, Stephen Clinch yeah. from uh, Kilmesson who has called time on his inter-county career, 15 years playing for County Mead, uh, fantastic hurler, he really is one of the finest hurlers uh, we've ever had in the county and uh, brilliant with his club as well and we wish him well. So Nick Fitzgerald, you know, he has his panel, he will be working hard, it's uh, a bonus to be playing um, Dublin, they'll have a very, very high quality team. Um, they're going very well. Cooler going very well in the uh, Leinster Club Championship. Uh, fantastic team last Sunday. He'll have a lot of players. The new manager will have a lot of players. But for us, it's something very different. In fact, I would quite honestly say that the Antrim game is far more important because we will be meeting them again in the Tier 2 competition uh, later uh, next year. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we wish the 
Mead Hurlers and the new manager all the best for the 2018 uh, season and uh, hopefully to get off to a good start in the Walsh Cup. I suppose then, looking forward, I just want to mention this, uh, the Leinster Championship, um, lads, between Longford and Mead. It's set for the 26th or the 27th, that weekend of uh, April, in, uh, sorry, in May, 26th or 27th of May 2018. And the winners, obviously, will go on to meet Dublin in the Leinster semi-final. But uh, Longford are down as being the home team and that's on the proviso that their stadium uh, is up to scratch by then. They've, they're, they're doing some redevelopment on it, but it has to be up to scratch by a certain date. If not, Navin, Park Tolchin could be holding that game, and it would be, be absolutely fantastic to, ha- fantastic to have uh, a Leinster uh, Championship match in, in, in Navin, Martin. It would be. We had, uh, we had to wait 20 years uh, for our last championship game and uh, there was great excitement with Mick O'Dowd and his team when we played Wicklow here um, a couple of years ago. That was quite a good game. It brought atmosphere to the town here and atmosphere to the stadium. But just in relation to that, I think we've entered into a home and away agreement with Longford. So if uh, Glennon Brothers Park um, isn't actually ready, uh, which put... I hear from Longford they expect to have that uh, have the stadium ready, but if it isn't, and we wish them well, hope they do have it ready for their own sake. But if they if they haven't got it ready, that game will be in Avon, and of course, Leinster football here in Avon. Sure, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and, and Jim, do you know what uh, redevelopment that they're trying to get done in uh, Pierce Brothers, uh, Glen uh, Pierce Park, and? Glennon Brothers, Pierce Park in, in Longford. Do you know what, the, what, what it is well, that they're it, getting it, done? It was, uh, I think there was a, a problem with, the, with part of their stand, which was okay. a relatively new stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, some issue which, uh, was, uh, came up and it has to be corrected uh, for health and safety purposes. So okay. I understand it's not a huge development, uh, but, uh, and I hear from Longford sources that they're confident that they will have it, the stadium, uh, and the stand fit for purpose uh, by the time the, uh, the, the the championship match with me comes up. But as as we've mentioned, if that's not the case, then you know the we, fixture we look switched to, to uh, Park Talton. To Park Talton. So. Yeah, and, and uh, I I've been in in in, in uh, Glenham Brothers Pierce Park a, a good few times, and uh, it, it, the stand it goes uh, when you come in, it's the far side of the pitch, and it goes the whole way, it wraps the whole way around mm. behind the goals right up to the corner. So it's from one corner of the pitch to the other to the opposite right. diagonal, yeah. and uh, it is a, it's a fine uh, uh, little stadium that they have, but obviously there's some sort of health and safety yeah, issue. It's a, it's a stadium. It's a, a grounds as well that uh, because of the, uh, I suppose the enclosure of it or the tightness of the of the of the stay of the pitch, as well. It's uh, there's usually a good atmosphere in it. So, yeah, you know, yeah. It whatever really way, is. we look forward to that. We will indeed. And I suppose uh, talking of uh, redevelopment, uh, the reason why we brought you in, Jim, right. um, <laughs> was to talk to you about uh, the redevelopment of Park Tolchin. And of course, today there's a public consultation going on all day in Navan or Matneys. That's from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. today. And uh, do you, what is the public consultation, first of all? Uh, Jim? Well, we, I suppose my county board level and uh, our infrastructure committee have been working probably for, you know, over the past year in particular in relation to uh, putting together a plan for the redevelopment of uh, Park Talton. And I think that, uh, I think everybody in the county uh, is of the view that, yes, uh, we need to, uh, Park Talton is probably not as it stands now, uh, suitable for the future uh, 
and uh, I think the expectations that people have in relation to coming to games and uh, you know they, they have an expectation of having a, a facility which is modern mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that that um, and also I think that whilst uh, Park Talton uh, I suppose is an icon stadium really in relation to uh, in relation to particularly Leinster football um, I think over just recent years there has been a clear indication that uh, we need to uh, do a, a develop a redevelopment of this of the of Park Talton to bring it into a, a modern stadium facility. And right. what 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 does the redevelopment propose? Well, the redevelopment is, uh, I, I suppose, the overall uh, plan that has been that has been uh, brought finalised by the infrastructure committee. Uh, and having brought that to the county board, uh, where there was, uh, I think, general agreement uh, that you know that that these plans would be, uh, you know, would bring about a fine modern uh, stadium uh, at Park Talton. Uh, by the looks, things it's an all. They're looking at an all seizure or is that? Uh yeah, there's a, and I suppose just to, just to briefly talk about the 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 the, the uh, development plan. It is a development plan which is known as a master plan. So okay. it is, uh, but it will be a phased development. There was no doubt about that. One of the things that uh, you know we we would have uh, observed from from day one, uh, and it's been a, noted for I suppose a few years now, is in relation to the existing stand really is uh, not fit for purpose, certainly for the future. Mm -hmm. So it was a question of having a first phase which would include a uh, uh, 4,000 covered stand, right? Where, where the stand is now? Well, that was one of the options, okay. yeah. The other option which was being looked, which has been considered as well, is in relation to, well, if the stand, the 40, this stand was put over on the Bruce Hill side, that's over on the terrace side, as they call it, yep. Uh, that that as well would be would, would would be something which could be considered. If if you went with the stand as it is now to be redeveloped first, would that mean the closure of Park Talton? It would probably mean the closure of Park Talton for a, for a, for a certain period of time. Okay. Uh, and, and if you uh, go with the terrace first? If we go with the terrace first, the indications are that it would not impact on on the pitch itself, right? And that the existing stand would be there with some uh, some uh, some alterations, mm -hmm. uh, not very expensive alterations, but just to uh, to uh, improve it um, in relation to uh, meeting health and safety standards in particular. So we would be able to con continue being able to uh, play our games in Park Talton. Right. One of the things which would happen first in the context, whatever the wherever the development is going, the first phase is going to be uh, cited would be that new floodlighting would go up. Uh, hallelujah. And, uh, hallelujah, yes. <laughs> and uh, we certainly would see that as a priority on the basis of, uh, whilst we're very lucky to have a facility in Dungani which is suitable for playing games under lights. Um, it's just not suitable for playing just, county it, games. Or not, like that. No, there's no stand, there's, there, the so, pitches aren't... So, so we could have, uh, I mean, one of the things that's been considered is in relation, well, right, if we do the, the first phase of the development, including a new stand on the, on, the, uh, on the terrace side or the Bruce Hill side, as they call it, then if, um, Park Talton could, could, the pitch could continue to be used. Uh, and the, with the floodlighting erected, that would mean that we would, say, going into 2018, 2019, uh, we would have, uh, you know, that... that uh, we could maximise the use of Park Talton in relation yeah. to, in relation to games and in relation to, um, 
games that were required uh, to be played under under floodlights. Yeah, and it and it mean then that once the the stand was finished on the Bruce Hill side, then you could commence doing you would come across the work then, on the far yeah, side. Yeah. Would that would that alter the um, the warm up facilities or the training facilities at the back of the pitch, or would they be kept? Because I, I noticed now myself the last couple of games that we had against Starlights in Wexford Park and in St Lomans we, we played in Cusick Park neither had warm up pitches because they're in the centre mm. of the town mm. and the plan with Park Tolchin is that the centre of Navantown because this is all being done in conjunction with Navantown I think mm. it's Navantown 21 or something is it the plan or something um, and, and the plan is to move the centre of Navan up around Park Tolchin as well so would you be losing any facilities up there? No, I mean the, the, it's certainly the training, the the, the warm-up facility which we have out currently uh, is um, is a huge help on the basis of of keeping, uh, keeping the main pitch um, from being overused. Um, in in the overall plan, this this particular facility, the training facility, will stay there by and large, right? Right. Um, the now in relation to sort of having you know the the the, the um, say for example if the new facility or the new stand is going to go on the Bruce Hill side and that's complete and then it comes back around to demolishing the existing stand uh, then you know we'll have to look at how best we can utilize the training the, the warm-up yeah, pitch have to be you know there'll be some there, there will be some I suppose uh, I won't say being discommoded but there'll have to be some uh, downtime on it, it, downtime be, on yeah. it. or in no and not well downtime to a certain extent but just a different uh, I suppose a, a temporary way in which they can access it and how you get back out onto the pitch and all that. They're all, I suppose... Uh, They're minor, really, minor, the minor details, which are... Yeah, but there, in any there, would be, there would be the facilities <coughs> for the warm-up and whatever kept yeah, so, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, I suppose really this uh, new development or this redevelopment is really a vision which we've, which we've had uh, for a number of years. And again, if you look at the overall vision of facilities in... Uh, but that were acquired by me, JA. I mean, Dungani is a very, you know, I mean, it is now an excellent facility. Yeah, it's uh, nearly a centre it, of excellence. A centre of excellence, yeah. Paris, you know, uh, and I think many counties who come to with teams, be it underage or whatever, continually comment on the uh, on, on how impressed they are with the facility. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and I suppose looking back at it, when when uh, that particular piece of ground was uh, purchased by Mead County Board, and I'm sure people were saying. God, how are we ever going to get to a point of having a centre of excellence here, which includes, uh, you know, excellent pitches, an all-weather pitch, and then the building that's there now, which, in, which incorporates, you know, modern dressing rooms, gyms, all Kitchen, the facilities for that that need, yeah. everything there. And uh, it, it was, I presume, a daunting challenge at the particular time setting out on that. But that's been completed now. So it was always envisaged as well that when that, when the centre of excellence was brought to where it is now, that we would then have to then focus on Park Talton yeah. and, and work at bringing that to a modern stadium, you know. And, and, and I know that... Uh, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 go on, go on, you were saying. And uh, just coming back to your original question, yes, today what's happening in, Par in uh, Park Talton uh, or in the O'Mahony's clubhouse there is uh, an opportunity for the public to come and see the uh, the plans that are there in relation the to the development plans that are there. and they've got they've got a model and everything of they've the got a model, stadium yeah and it's a, it gives you an overall picture of of what uh, hopefully this this particular development will lead to in the context of me having one of the you know having a 
a modern stadium which is competes with anything in, in, in Ireland. You know? And I suppose uh, the main part of Park Tolchin is the field itself. Um, and I've had many a person from all over the country co mm. uh, commenting on how good uh, the, the, the surface is and the pitch is yeah. in Park Tolchin. Would that be um, impeded at all upon if, uh, if the redevelopment was done? Would the pitch be in any way reshaped or formed? No, I th I th not particularly. There's a couple, of, there's a little, there's a slight uh, opportunity, well, there's an opportunity to address a slight uh, issue in relation to the dimensions of the pitch, which are very, it's very oh, slight yeah. now. It's just not quite, it falls just a little short of what the, um, the maximum uh, length of a, of a GAA pitch is in relation to Crow Park, for example, as an example. Right. And the width of it as well has probably uh, needs a metre or two uh, on, uh, on uh, one side. To bring okay. it to, yeah. So that's a very minor detail. Uh, but, but it's interesting because I would have always said that it's uh, one of the biggest pitches in, in the yeah, country, yeah, and, yeah. and it's 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 yeah. it's just a couple of meters off the size of Park Tal or off Crow Park. Well, like maybe even at you know maybe a meter, a meter and a half, I'd say really right. to bring it up. But it's right. it's you know, I mean, that's there, a, no, are, it's there, are many, there are many county pitches which just. Sometimes just falls slightly yeah. short of the. Well, uh, well, hopefully, hopefully. But anyway, that, that's an issue. They won't which do that and to the pitch because it's. Uh, not at all. It's no, it's not. The, you would, of course, <laughs> found that an advantage over the years playing in Park Town. You didn't have to run that far, Michael. <laughs> that's <laughs> I, always, right. I always thought I was running too far, so that's I never right, was yeah, yeah. And I suppose the last thing on, on the redevelopment of Park Town would be: um, is there any um, time scale, or is there a commencement date, or anything like that? Well, look, what we're looking at now is that the. the the submission of the application for planning permission yeah. is uh, hopefully going to happen in the next number of weeks, right? So really what you're looking at, if everything goes according to plan in relation to, uh, you know, the consideration of the application and then the period where people can, or, you know, where there's an opportunity for people to, uh, I suppose, if they have issues with the original planning, they can, they can have the, make their objections and have them dealt with. Um, I suppose to be, you know, to be uh, maybe being a little bit optimistic, we would hope that the planning permission would be granted probably by September, October, and that the hope is that if that's the case, then we will certainly see construction beginning to take place in, in early 2019, very early in 2019. Well, that's that's, that's yeah. fantastic, and, yeah. and it's great news yeah. for, for uh, me, GAA, and, yeah. you know, we do have an absolutely amazing stadium up there, but as you said, it needs to be brought up to modern times. It needs to be absolutely. brought up to health and safety yeah. Yeah. standards because, mm. like, it really is, you know... Uh, the, the fulcrum of Mead, Mead GAA, like, and, 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 and it's a shame to see it not getting the games that it probably deserves, you know? Yeah, and uh, the other thing as well, I think that uh, we look at really going forward is people's expectations when they come to, you know, when they come to a match, they, they, you know, they now look at having comfortable seats, good views, and having other facilities such as, you know, uh, tea, coffee, uh, and facilities to do all that, and... Mm -hmm. and um, you know, one of the things is that there can be a slight, there can be a social aspect to it for people if they come, say, right, we're going to Harp Talton for the afternoon to see a match or two, and maybe meet up with friends and have an opportunity to have a facility where you can go in and have a cup of coffee and a chat. Uh, the prawn so sandwich brigade has taken over no, the GAA. No, no not, not, not at all. But it's, uh, I think, it's the expectation. No, I, 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 I know, still, yeah. You know, it's, Especially it's when you're like when you are paying 15 euro or 20 euro or whatever it be into a game. To have all those facilities there, people won't mind paying that extra Absolutely. few bucks. What do you think about in that, man? Look at 
the development of Park Dalton uh, is something that will benefit everyone. You know, it will benefit our clubs, it will benefit our players, it will benefit our supporters. And that's really what it is. That's what it's all about. It will benefit the town of Navan, uh, you know, commercially and for every other reason. Uh, the ground up there, you know, it has represented us for a long, long time. Represent when I say us, it represent the GEA and County Mead for a long, long time. Some great battles at all levels, hurling uh, and football. So it's just come to a stage now where it has to be redeveloped, and uh, we would hope that uh, the people of County Mead uh, will get behind and support the initiative because, as you can see, the County Board have delivered uh, over the last uh, number of years in terms of development. Uh, in Dungani, we're always singing the praises of Dungani. Anybody who's been around uh, GEA circles in the last couple of weeks would have seen uh, what Dungani can do, the amount of games we've been able to play in not too good uh, conditions and things like that. So, you know, uh, development has to take place up there and it really is a priority. It really is. And I suppose I'm going to hit both these. These are county board uh, officials, so this is going to be a tough one for you. I just saw in uh, in uh, on Twitter um, that the levy on the clubs is going to be a, a tough one. So, uh, what is the levy that the, that the club that you're proposing for the clubs? I suppose. Well, um, look, there's, there's, Martin there's, points towards <laughs> Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. To be fair, we're in a constant. You know, I, I think to be fair, we're. I mean, there's an engagement between the clubs, or with the clubs, mm -hmm. in relation to uh, what clubs can do to contribute in relation to the funding of this, and that's an important. I mean, this project has to be funded there's no doubt yeah, about that yeah that's it and we're looking at a uh, a number of uh, ways in which to do that right uh, we will be looking for the support from uh, BJA people mm -hmm. uh, we will be you know we're hopeful that we can uh, you know i suppose agree with clubs in relation to what what they can do for the funding of the project uh, and um, also then we're looking at, you know, what we can do from uh, the commercial point of view, commercial sponsorship. Yep. Uh, we're, um, you know, in relation to grant funding from Crow, Crow Park, Park, from Leinster Council. Uh, we will Capital look at the whole the Capital Sports Project, uh, what government can do um, in relation to uh, providing, um, you know, funding for the development of sporting facilities and... Uh, there is uh, some indicators that there's going to be some government uh, funding uh, going to be made available in relation so. to in relation to all of that. So all those up funding options are there, um, and uh, you know we can understand in relation to you know that it is uh, you know looking at it now that the funding of this project is uh, you know it it. it to be some trepidation about it in one sense, right? Yeah. But I go back to the point that was made that I made about Dungani, and I think the same, you know, the same, same applies for same replies, yeah. and they were saying, "Well, God, how are we ever going to get uh, to a point where we be able to complete this project?" And I think that if we, you know, if everybody, and I'm sure it will be that everybody will put their shoulder to the wheel in the context of do of contributing, uh, you know, contributing to the funding of it. Uh, and uh, that I think that you know that uh, that working together we can achieve that. Yeah, well, that was me playing devil's advocate just because I had seen yeah. it uh, uh, on on Twitter, and, and I think it could be in, a, in in the local newspaper. I'm not sure, but um, you know, uh, my personal point of view on it would be that if you want to compete with the best, you have to be 
uh, emulating what the best are doing. And you look at all the top teams around the country, they've all got, you, you, and, 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 and especially you look at the likes of Tyrone, you look at Armagh, you look at even Cavan, you look at uh, 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 all the other uh, county teams around the, uh, the country, they're all improving their facilities, they're all improving what they can within uh, their yeah. GA background, within yeah. the county. Yeah. And, you know, that's that, it, it just needs to be done. And we just, as you said, we all have to put our shoulders to the wheel and get behind yeah. it. Yeah, and I think another thing the uh, development and redevelopment of Park Talton would actually do is, you know, uh, County Mead, the population has uh, grown significantly over the last number of years, and there's an awful lot of people that we don't actually appeal to. There's an awful lot of young people that uh, our association doesn't appeal to. So this will be another opportunity for us to reach out, to encourage people to play Gaelic games, and to go to Park Dalton and to win uh, county medals and to play for their county teams. So this is another opportunity to uh, reach out to those who are not part of our association, which we need to get involved in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, it's trying to bring in as many people as possible into the GAO. We're nearly there, lads. Just a couple of things. I'm going to go to uh, the Twitter machine now. And just uh, a couple of points that were made in the last few days, uh, lads, and I know I spoke to you about this earlier on, Martin, is that uh, a guy on Twitter, Joey, followed by uh, about 20 numbers behind his name. I don't know his second name. But Joey brought up the point that in a lot of the counties uh, um, bordering Mead, that there are... Uh, Gaelic club player um, award ceremonies at the end of each year, nearly like an all-stars of your club players. And it's something that uh, he was saying, you know, it's not done in Mead. Now, it was done in Mead um, I, um, back a, a few years ago, and it was done in conjunction with AIB. I know that Alan Tormey and uh, Mead GAA lad, the two boys, they've rode in on it as well, and they say that it's a great idea. And is it something, Jim, that do you think that the, the county board would back in Mead? I, I just think, I feel myself that the players themselves, you know, there's we've got on our county team we've got 35 40 players within the county we've got 50 clubs yeah. with maybe two two teams in each club on average so that's 60 players so 50 by 60 is 3000 players mm -hmm. in mead if you want to go that route so there's 35 40 lads that are with the county team and they're in the running for awards and different yeah. things and whatever but you're talking about appealing to more people. I think that the club players should be honoured in some way, shape or form. I know that in Cavan I've been involved in the Breffney All-Stars. It's been a huge success over the last three years and it was a club team that actually started running that down in Cavan and the county board have taken it over. But I'd just like to get your point of, point of view on that, lads. Jim, I'll start with you. Well, you know, certainly I would, uh, you know, first of all, on a personal level, I would say that uh, and even from a county board level, of course we appreciate, you know, uh, the, the, the commitment that club players give to playing our games in the county and participating in our county championships. Um, you know, f and, and from what you've, what you've said to me, sounds to be a good idea, right, uh, in relation to being able to give that bit recognition to uh, club players. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, in relation to, and I, I accept that, I suppose sometimes the county players or the people, the players that are on the county panel sort of get all the attention. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, and I do think that we need to, uh, we need to become more aware of, uh, you know, the, the, the um, you know, giving recognition to the club player and making their club fixtures more attractive to them. Mm -hmm. So that brings in the whole question about, you know, 
club versus county and uh, when you play your club championships and leagues and stuff like that. And, and uh, I think one of the things which, uh, you know, I would certainly be an advocate of is that, that we begin to, I suppose, put a process in place that we can actually, from a county board perspective, be able to communicate with club players, yeah. you know, well, and, and, and get the feedback from them and teach, you know, how we can to get, work together in relation to giving... Uh, the recognition to club players at the design. There's, 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 there's the reason why you say this as well. It's twofold. There's also another way of looking at it because you put uh, the way it was done in Cavan. We had a, a selection committee, and most of the guys would be going to the games anyway. But what you're doing is, uh, and I'm going to go to you on this, Martin, is that you're you're not only are you giving them something to play towards at the end of the year. That okay, they might make the county team, and I mightn't win a championship, but I could. I could have a really good year and make it on to the um, the, the All Stars team, right? But you're also watching them in, week in, week out. There's people watching these games week in, week out, and these players that are playing well for their clubs, who probably could go unnoticed to uh, a county selector or manager, are then also all of a sudden being uh, talked up in the media, and they're like, "Oh, well, Jesus, we might have a look at him." he seems to be doing well consistently for his club. And, and, and so you're therefore giving them also a chance. You're giving the county, your county management a chance to maybe unearth somebody who they had overlooked as well. Yeah, look, well, I wouldn't even so much uh, in terms of a player being overlooked. That certainly wouldn't happen anymore with, with modern uh, media, social media, all those type of things. <laughs> so there's absolutely no question. And the thing about players of the year, of course, I'd always vote for you, Michael, you see, because I'm a big fan. But look, of course we understand what you're trying to say. But if you look, look at this particular weekend, and we haven't mentioned this already, there'll be 1,200 people going to Ferry House um, on Sunday for the Mead GEA race day. Right, uh, as part of that particular uh, race day, which is now sold out, uh, a marvelous success, big fundraiser for County Mead. Right, as part of that, um, the Club de Me, which is our supporters club, they pick a player, hurler and footballer of the year, where our supporters uh, actually vote on who is the player of the year in both particular codes, and they will get an award. Yeah, but, but that's. Yeah, but that's county. I'm on about club. Yeah, the club. There's <laughs> no, there's, there's absolutely no, there's no issue that in, in, in relation to it, Michael. And what I would suggest to you, if while you won't be too busy over the Christmas, maybe you might come up with some initiative for us, mm. and we will see can we get support for you next mm. year for that. Well, I will take that on board definitely. So I will, <laughs> and uh, because. Uh, I have plenty of ideas for that. There's a load of guys on Twitter as well who are backing it. I Look, I just think it's a great idea. I know you brought up the county uh, uh, players that are going to be uh, getting their awards at the end of the year. Uh, at the, uh, next uh, weekend at Ferry House, but that was my exact point at the very yeah. start yeah, that I the county players get uh, loads of recognition. The mm. club player doesn't. Mm. Jim, you were wanted to come in yeah, there. Yeah, on that. yeah. One of the things actually which I have, which which slightly annoy me, right? is in relation to, you know, what people say, look, there's the county board and there's the club, right? Big void between them. And, and uh, I, that sort of bugs me in a bit because I do think, now, I, now I'm not saying that the county board are perfect in everything in relation to the liaison with clubs and stuff like that, but I do think that, now, okay, there's work to be done. And, and I would be a strong advocate of closing this particular void in relation to, so that the clubs feel that they are part of me, Jay. And that's, that they a, that's, are the that's key another way of, of doing yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, and it's to, 
so that players, the clubs, will see that the county board is actually part of what they are doing, yeah. right? And they're supporting it. Uh, and okay, the county board has certain responsibilities in relation to the overall organisation of the GAA in the county, but um, it, you know there should be a feeling that look, we're working collaboratively, using that terrible big yeah. word. Uh, but that means that we're all working together and going now, in the same direction. This, this is not just a problem within Mead. This no. isn't a problem w within most counties. Yeah. And, 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 and I've just seen that a couple of counties have tried to bridge the gap mm. by putting in that scenario with uh, an All-Stars um, awards yeah. night at the end I'd of the year. Look, it's something we look into. I'll put, I'll put pen to paper. I'll come up with an idea for you right. and uh, we'll come back to it. I suppose um, something that we skipped over um, was, the, was the hurlers. Um, we did speak about the Walsh Cup, but uh, Martin, they're, uh, they're going to be in... The, the restructuring um, of the championship this year has meant that Mead are going to be in tier two of the All-Ireland Championship, which puts them in a group with Leash, Antrim, Kerry, Carlow and West Mead. At, at, uh, there's six teams in that tier. Do you want to explain how this is going to work in the championship this year? Yeah, well, I think the, the most important development of this in the last week is the renaming and the rebranding of this particular competition. The Tier 2 hurling competition, which you named, we will be playing all those particular teams, will be known as the Joseph McDonagh uh, competition, and you'll be playing for the Joe McDonagh Cup. And everybody who knows Joe passed away there in the last year or so. And Joe was a legendary hurler, um, one All-Irelands with Galway. Who will ever forget him singing the West Awake um, <laughs> on the steps of the Hogan stand? Sure. And then became Uchtaron coming Luke Gale after that. So it is fantastic that this competition will be called uh, after them. We'll have five games and then uh, the top two teams will, will play in the final for that particular cup. So it's a very important uh, and a significant uh, branding and naming uh, of this particular tier two competition yeah and the winner of that obviously goes straight through into the all-ireland series into yeah. the senior all-ireland series and everybody else will be uh, going into the other cups is that it or is that it or well, they well no that would be it for the year five games is is an awful lot to, to play in any particular yeah. championship you know there's relegation out of that and there's promotion from the Christie ring up to it so look it's an exciting time and it's great for me to to be in tier two and we certainly look forward to that we will indeed. And I suppose uh, just before we go to the last item of the night, I just want to mention that the, we'll be discussing next week uh, on our final pod podcast of the year, we'll be discussing uh, the uh, Mead County Board AGM, which will take place on the 11th of December. Um, we'll do all that, Martin, next week because we're running short on time. We, what we want to also do is next week we're going to be announcing the winner of our uh, competition that we will run. It's the, in conjunction with the Mead's Greatest GAA Moments. And uh, just to fill you in on a couple of uh, tweets that we've received about uh, the Mead's greatest GAA moments. We have uh, uh, Cormac Brady uh, messaged us in there saying Dublin in 91, the Foley goal and the Beggy point. It was a, an amazing moment in Mead GAA. Winning the All-Ireland final replay in 1988 for two in a row. Uh, Robert Perfield going hipster here. Joe Sheridan's volleyed point in Mullingar in 09 wasn't even on the Sunday game, he said. Uh, Gary Alder said he remembers it well. The rain was going sideways and was blowing like a hurricane. Um, best goal ever. 
but I think it was a, a it was a point in the end. Um, I'm just looking through a couple more of them there again from Ray Martin beating Dublin in four in a row. If only we had completed the job, uh, would have been the greatest achievement of all time. And I think losing the down that year was a travesty. Uh, me didn't deserve to lose the down that day at all. No. But I just hope you clarify in relation to this competition that that particular jersey that's. Uh, uh, was going around the place, the new made jersey. That's actually not happening, as of course we all know yeah. now. But don't worry, our jersey will be available to those. And anybody who hasn't uh, put the greatest moment, please uh, do so now. Yeah, um, yeah. Just again, we did, we did say at the at the start of the competition that it was going to be the new away jersey. It was a hoax that was put up, unfortunately, on uh, the Twitter machine. A beautiful, beautiful jersey. I hope the Mead County Board can uh, maybe steal it and maybe put it in as an away jersey. They're looking at me here funnily, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So what we are going to have as a prize is the actual Mead home GAA jersey for 2018 as the prize. David Rispin, uh, he wasn't around for the glory days he says so he'd have to go with Garrity's uh, goal against Tyrone in Croker hashtag cheeky what a beautiful goal just palming it over the goalkeeper uh, brilliantly done um, Graham Garrity's point this is from Tom O'Connor Graham Garrity's point from the end line against Dublin one of the greatest scores I've seen beating Dublin again from Ray Martin um, uh, David Sheaton uh, agreed with the the uh, the score that uh, Joe Sheridan got I think it was down in, in, in Westmead um, I'm just looking through a few more of them. Oh, yeah, and Gavin Riley, um, of course, uh, the the um, correspondent from TV3, the Kiltail man, as, as I'm being told here. He he says, I hope the Christie Ring Cup final counts. Uh, in football in terms, 2-1 uh, in injury time to beat Loud and Navin in the back door in June 2002. Uh, what uh, what Intercounty is, uh, is all about. Have to agree with you, Gavin, but I think that the Christie Ring Cup finals, uh, I love the way he says, plural, uh, both of those finals against Antrim, they would be definitely up there, but um, it looks going through all the tweets it lo does look like um, uh, the, the, the four in a row is winning at the moment, so don't forget, do tweet us in uh, and let us know um, what Mead's GEA greatest moment was um, Kevin Riley's goal from his own half against Wicklow in 2013 came in from Adam Tallon when the ball Bounced off the ground, off a wet ground, and went straight over the goalkeeper into the roof of the net. Um, a goal that Mead badly needed at the time. Um, and uh, Kyler's point in '96 to get the draw against Mayo. Yeah, um, you'll have to tweet that in to me, Martin. Uh, <laughs> I can't see it. Get in the line. Um, Joe, Joe, Joe Sheridan did reply. Uh, um, the keeper. Um, did get a hand to it. It was going, the volleyed shot that he took, it was going into the roof of the net, but the goalkeeper um, got a hand to it. And Joe, obviously, uh, being uh, such, uh, such a gentleman, turns around and says, hashtag hit and hope, although I know what Joe Sheridan is all about, and he was definitely going for a goal. He wasn't hitting and hoping. So look, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, keep your uh, comments coming into us about your Mead's greatest GA moment, um, and we will be announcing a winner next week. We will be talking about the, the AGM as well that's coming up, the Mead County Board GAM, AGM, and next week we also will be talking about the Division 1 uh, League Final between Simonstown and Wolf Tones. So that's all for this week. Thank you for listening, and remember, we are Mead. Why? It matters more.